listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast with host John and Pimba and James Grande. What's going on, FA Nation? John and Pemba here with James Grande and special guest Ray Kuhn joining us for the first time on the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast. Of course, you've seen Ray with his value vaults, with his late night playbook uh, that we have him doing as well. Uh, Ray, welcome to the team. Great to finally have you on here. Uh, you know, how's it going? Thanks, man. Good. Happy to be here. Happy to be on tonight. And I'm enjoying it so far. So. A lot of fun, a lot of, ton of great content on Fantasy Alarm. I mean, obviously I'm biased now because I'm part of it too, but that's what makes it such an exciting team to join. Yeah, no, it, it was great to have you come on. Obviously, James and I, uh, Sean Mitchell, Justin Fenceman, Adam Ronas, you know, we've had our, you know, doing all the work all, all so far and, and getting you to join the team uh, has been great. So I was happy to finally get you on this podcast, give you a voice to FA Nation, get everybody out there to uh, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so before we jump into obviously breaking down this 10 game slate, like tell us a little bit something about yourself. You know, where are you from? How long have you kind of been in the NBA DFS? You know, you're more a DraftKings, more a FanDuel. You know, tell us tell us a little bit about that. All right, I'm from Long Island, New York, which means unfortunately, I guess I'm a Knicks fan. But so that also means I mean, watching them play lately, I'm a little delusional, and I think <laughs> I need somebody to kind of throw some bucket of cold water on me, sent me back to reality with my. Nick's delusion there. I've been playing fantasy basketball probably at least 10 years or so at this point. I mean, time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. Way back when, I want to say over five years ago, I guess USA Today used to run an annual fantasy basketball like preview newspaper type of thing. And for a few years in a row, I did the rankings there. So I guess maybe that's my bigger claim to fantasy basketball fame, if you want to call it that. Nice. Yeah, James, I mean, so James and I have been here at Fantasy Line for, for a long time, so it's always good to hear someone's story and their kind of journey into how they got into uh, fantasy. And I've been I've been playing DFS since, you know, the Draft Street days, which is like way, way back when, basically probably one of the first uh, DFS sites to get out there, and then obviously Draft Street became DraftKings, and and the rest is history. But uh, enough of the you know the early talk here. We do have a big slate to get into, um, so why don't we kind of kick it off here, James? You know, generally we look over the slate, the matchups. Uh, we got a handful of teams here on uh, back to back. Why don't you run it down for everybody? Yeah, um, after a slate on Tuesday with only one team on a back to back, Denver is playing. Um, on a back-to-back, Portland on a back-to-back, New Orleans in that matchup, Portland-New Orleans matching up on Wednesday night. They are in a back-to-back. We have OKC, Memphis, both on back-to-backs. Um, and that's it for back-to-backs. And we have literally no Vegas totals. We have we one. one. We have one. I, I, shouldn't say, one. I shouldn't say no, but yeah, we have one. Yeah, we have one big one. It's Portland-New Orleans, 231.5 total there. Um, and we'll see if that changes. Obviously, with being both teams on a back-to-back, and and we're recording here on a Tuesday evening, so you know anything could happen in those games that end up altering that. But uh, at least it's a good total, and there should be some high totals, uh, I think, on this slate again, having 10, 10 games, uh, some matchups to target. Uh, but this slate is also loaded with questionables. Um, you know, we we often go over them. You know, Joel Embiid is probable after missing the other day with, with a back. 
Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, both questionable. Shai Gilgis Alexander is questionable. Victor Oladipo is doubtful. D'Angelo Russell is going to be out for some time now. We got that word today, having a knee surgery. Cole Anthony is going to be out till the All-Star game. Evan Fournier is questionable. Paul Millsap's out. Eric Gordon is doubtful. Mike Conley continues to be questionable. Blake Griffin is out as they figure out what they're going to do with his playing status. Uh, Nick Batum's questionable after missing the other day. Will Barton, Daniel Tice, Doug McDermott, Goran Dragic, James Ennis, Monty Morris, all questionable. Ish Smith is ruled out already. Uh, Rodney Hood's questionable. Rajon Rondo's out. And Gary Harris is questionable. And that's just the ones we know about. Clippers uh, news we just got, John. What did we get? Clippers. Just got Clippers. Clippers. Just got. Well, well, enlighten us then, James. What do we have for Clippers news here? Um, PG-13 remains out. Nick Batum out. And Kawhi is questionable. So, the well, only, so yeah. That's the advantage of uh, being uh, live and recording is you get the news as it happens. Uh, Ray, as obviously someone that's been doing a lot of uh, NBA DFS writing so far, uh, injury situations this year, COVID situations this year, maybe worse than ever. Yeah, definitely. It, to say it's fluid would probably be an understatement. So no, you have to have contingencies for your contingencies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last night, you know, James and I were talking about the fact that uh, all day Joel Embiid was questionable to play. Doc Rivers speaks to the media, says that's news to him. He wasn't <laughs> aware that Joel Embiid wasn't going to play. Gets reported that Doc Rivers wasn't aware that Embiid wasn't playing. And then 10 minutes before roster lock, Embiid gets ruled out. So, like... We never know what's going to go on. We The league doesn't seem to know what's going on. Team's own coaches don't seem to know what's going on. So uh, we do our best, obviously, to update everybody. And that's why we preach. Like, if you don't have a Twitter, get a Twitter. Make sure you're around during roster lock to get all these updates because you don't want to, you know, say we don't want to say this, but, like, you don't want to go away to have dinner uh, at 6.58. You know, like, you want to make sure uh you, you got your phone in hand or you're at the computer uh to make these lineup adjustments here but uh guys let's just jump into it like i said we got a big slate i'm gonna be looking at fanduel here uh per usual for the positions um you know obviously DraftKings, everybody has different positions different pricings some guys have multiple positions um but i like sort of the the uniformity of fanduel uh even though i despise the fact that they have the entire raptors front court <laughs> as a small forward um, we'll never, I don't think, ever get that uh, resolved here. But uh, let's start off at the top of the point guard spot. Uh, we have Steph Curry here against Miami. Uh, you know, they are home. Curry's been unreal of late. Ben Simmons coming off an absolute ceiling game uh, against Houston. Simmons with no Embiid the other day. 42 points, 9 rebounds, and 12 assists for 72 Fanduel points. Trey Young is against Boston here, who will be on the back-to-back Potentially no Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker hasn't been playing back-to-backs this season, so they could be even more depleted uh, in their front court. And then Dame Lillard, of course, uh, on a back-to-back himself against the Pelicans. Uh, Ray, if you're looking at the top of this point guard positioning here, you know, does anybody jump out more to you than the others? Do you lean towards a favorite? If I had to look at that list, I would lean towards Lillard there off the start. Yeah, he is coming off the back-to-back, but so is New Orleans. And that is that does happen to be the one over under that we know about, and two thirty one and a half is pretty high. So Simmons is always a tough guy for me. I feel like again, like you said, he's coming off a ceiling game, so I don't know if I necessarily want to chase another ceiling game with him. So out out of that group, I'm leaning Lillard. Yeah, I, I like Lillard a lot there, James. What what about you? Are you chasing the Ben Simmons points here? Um, 
If I mean, if we, I mean, it's probable. So I take that for what it's worth. I guess right with right. with Doc right now. But I mean, John, I, we've talked about it for quite a while now. This is as good of a, a version of Steph Curry as we've gotten in God knows how long. I mean, a healthy version of Steph Curry playing by himself is is tremendous. He's still shooting the lights out of the ball. I mean, I don't see how he's not at least one of the top GPP options we have. I, I get it. Lillard on a back-to-back in a great spot, sure. But back-to-back. Um, Denver is depleted. And what, like Westbrook, sure. Um, Trey, sure. I, lo- I mean, Trey at 9,500. Again, I know you look at his recent games here. Three straight games on FanDuel under 40 fantasy points is not what you're looking for out of Trey Young, especially a couple smash spots there against San Antonio, only 31. That was the game where they got blown out. He only played mm-hmm. 23 minutes in that one. Um, but I think there's, a, you know, Boston, catching Boston on a back-to-back here, potentially with just like Peyton Pritchard and Jeff Teague uh, out there to play defense. I think there's a really good opportunity getting Trey uh, at sub 10K over on FanDuel. Uh, do you have DraftKings pulled up by any chance to get his price? Yep, he is 96. 96. So I, I'm really leaning. I think this is a spot for me uh, where I may take a look uh, at Trey Young um, over to the others. The Westbrook call, too, a little bit interesting coming off that triple double against uh, Denver, their home at least. Uh, we know he is going to play. So. Um, you know, some really good spots for him for him in that situation. If we're looking at this mid-tier, um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon against Minnesota, back-to-back 40-point efforts from Brogdon now. Uh, we know Minnesota, you know, struggles defensively across the board. They're on the back-to-back here as well. Um, you know, between him and I think Lonzo Ball for me against Portland, uh, those are my two favorite mid-tier plays here. Uh, James, where are you looking at your mid-tier? Um, John Wall. With Oladipo doubtful, um, Jamal Murray, if it stays consistent with who's in and who's out for Denver. I know it's a back-to-back, but uh, Murray having another big game here, third straight big game. Um, and then, you know, Brogdon and, and Lonzo. So I agree with you there. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I think there's a lot of merit to going back to the well with John Wall, even in a tough spot against Ben Simmons and um. Yeah, uh, I'll g- give me some Jamal Murray in tournaments too. We're not playing him in cash, even though it's Washington. Right. But um, Jamal Murray in tournaments for sure piques my interest. All right, would you be interested in paying for TJ McConnell right now? The way he has been playing, uh, the price continues to rise on him. Sixty-two hundred dollars uh, on Fanduel over on DraftKings. Fifty-six is actually a little bit more uh, reasonable. But this is a guy now playing a boatload of minutes. Forty-two minutes against Chicago. Uh, 32 in back-to-back games against Atlanta, Detroit, filling up the stat sheet, blocks, even steals. I mean, this is a point guard here. Um, you know, would you would you rather play him over Brogdon? Would you play him with Brogdon? You know, for me, this is a really good spot for him against Minnesota. Yeah, I, personally, I love the spot. And he, 62, the price has come up, but it's still relatively affordable there. And the thing that I like the most is, let, I mean, he had 19 points his last game, but two games before, they had six and seven points. So. He still put up 32.7 FanDuel points, 44.6 FanDuel points. So I love going after those guys that have the upside that you're not necessarily relying on them to score or have a great shooting night. He's getting the assists, the steals, chips in a few blocks. 
So for me, so for me in this tier, McConnell's one of the guys I like. Yeah, and for sure. I mean the I mean the blocks for a guard, two blocks each of the last two games. Uh the steals, he has nine total steals over the last three. And FanDuel, you get that extra point bonus. You know, 15 points the other day, just in blocks and steals alone for a guard is a is quite impressive there. And they did go into overtime, so uh, they got the little bump there. Uh Ray, if we're looking for value on this slate, does anybody sort of jump out to you um that you're taking a look at? I mean, dare I go towards the, the Derek Rose train? Dare, Kendrick Nunn, maybe, if um, Dragic doesn't play as another guy that's interesting. I think I think those are maybe two two of the guys that jump off to me at first glance. You won't have to sell James Rondé on Derek Rose, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, you know, Ray's already my new favorite fantasy alarm member, so if, you, if that's who we're bringing to the table, sign me up. Um... I mean, I can't deny, I mean, it's the Thibodeau effect. I and mean, we've talked about this for, since the acquisition, John. It's, the minutes are trending upwards, 20, 20, 23, 24. You know, he only shot three for nine from the floor. But the one thing we know about Derek Rose is volume. Um, you know, I think Theo Maldon is probably back in play here against Memphis. You know, he off the COVID list and started. I guess we have to await the rest of OKC and as they continue to fall off the list, like who's limited, who's not. So I think Maldon at 5K is a is a really enticing play against Memphis in a in in a high tempo environment, likely 225 or so total. So um, I can go there, and then if you want to punt, Anthony Simons I think is uh, is fine. And and you know what, I'm not gonna forget my boy Campazzo who had a pretty good first half in terms of fantasy production tonight. If Monty Morris were to sit and mm-hmm. Will Barton, who's out in personal reasons, sits again. I think we go right back to the well with Compazzo because the industry, you know, still kind of lagging a little bit. And he's 3,500 sure. on DraftKings against Washington. Forget it. I mean, it's a lock and load. Yeah, I think he'll be very chalky. I mean, he's 50% on tonight. Um, you know, again, depending on his production, it's on a slate like this would be hard to totally fade. Um, what do you guys think about Michael Carter Williams again? Cole Anthony already ruled out, you know, out till the All Star break. So there's really no mystery here, in my opinion, as to who's going to be the point guard for Orlando. Uh, he's only forty four hundred dollars over on Fanduel. He played twenty nine minutes uh, the other day when he was uh, severely limited. He played twenty seven minutes. So uh, I think Carter Williams is very much back in play, back in the mix. Only forty nine hundred dollars against, uh, you know, over on DraftKings. Now I know. It is the Knicks. They play slow. They actually play good defense. Like you said, Ray, you know, kind of a little bit, a little bit of a mirage here with the way the Knicks are playing basketball. But, you know, does a guy like Carter Williams, who has the ability to contribute in three, four categories at a sub-5K price, appeal to you at all? He definitely does. I mean, again, if I can go sub-5K, in this case 4,400, it's even cheaper, and get 25 to 30 minutes a game out of somebody, in the last two games he scored 21, 14 points. So, involved in the offense he goes across multiple categories so for me you kind of i think you have to look towards him if you're trying to save some money somewhere else yeah i like it james what are you are you in the mc mcw train uh yeah he's fine i don't have like a a real convincing it's not like a strong i'm not like i I like the the problem i think i'm i would have is if that situation plays out and then Denver plays out the same, I'd 
probably just punt Compazzo in if I was playing ten lineups like eight out of ten. And then point point guard's not gonna be a position you look to double punt, I imagine. Right. right? No, it's just not. So like if you're playing FanDuel, like you're you're go I mean you mentioned four three to four guys up at the top that we could all see going for sixty on a given night, right? And then you have Carter Williams and Compazzo. I mean I just the I think that what we've seen out of Composo the last couple nights, plus he's starting, plus it's Washington. I mean, you don't get a bigger pace up spot than Washington, especially when you're Denver and you're in the bottom five in pace. So um, that's that's the only problem. I, I don't hate playing Carter Williams. I'd probably be more likely to play him on DraftKings with the multi-position eligibility and all right. the different positions you can play him at. But on point guard or on Fandle where you're really capped to just the two guys. I, I, I'd lean Composo if um, everything played out the way it did tonight for Denver. Yeah, which is perfectly fine. Again, it's hard to beat a mid-price guy who's starting, uh, as you mentioned, in, in just a really great spot against the Wizards here. Uh, if there is a case to be made, though, for double punting point guard, it's over at shooting guard because Bradley Beal here against Denver <laughs> yep. at 99. Zach Levine's getting Detroit at 95. Like, Beal, whether Westbrook's playing or not, is, is just in another world at this moment, you know, 50 fantasy points and three of his last four games. And then, like I've mentioned a bunch of times, Zach Levine's in like cash game territory uh, at the moment, but even he's popped off for a handful of 50 point games um, of late. You know, those are the two top priced shooting guards. Um, you know, James, do you have a, do you have a favorite between the two? If you had to plug one in, <laughs> it's so funny to me how, like DraftKings is like, yeah, let's lower Bradley Beal to 8,900 against Houston. That's a good idea. Right. And then he goes for 57, and they're like, wow, maybe that Fair wasn't stuff. such a good yeah. idea. Let's raise his price to 9,800. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, what are we doing here? Denver is a lot more difficult of a matchup, um, at least, you know, in terms of Washington playing so slow or having to play so slow against Denver. Um, I think he's fine. I probably lean Levine. The only problem is 9,400 is is tough pill to swallow. I think for Levine, um, I'd rather probably go point Donnie. If like just looking down the list, if I know Conley's upgraded to questionable, we haven't really gotten the question. I feel like he's been more doubtful recently. We actually could see the return of Conley. So um, if Conley were to sit, I'd rather go Mitchell and, and a couple guys below him, but. You know, they're both okay. They're both more tournament plays for me. But uh, ten game slate. I don't know if I'm going to be getting to 9800 Beal or 94 Levine very much. Yeah, that, that's fine. And I, I think again, cash games. I think Levine is fine. You know, against yeah. especially against Detroit. Like, I have no problems going there. Wayne Ellington defense, Josh Jackson defense. Like, Levine's going to give you 45 to 50. I think he's he's super safe. Um, if we're looking to maybe chase some production here, you know, Tyler Hero obviously played just an incredible amount of minutes off the bench against the Clippers, 40 minutes there, 27, five, two and two for 43 fantasy points. Um, you know, we saw against, um, against Golden State, you know, it's a good matchup for him off the bench there, in my opinion, you know, not drawing necessarily, you know, Wiggins in that starting unit, uh, you know, Ubre sure, but I don't think Ubre will really be on Hero. Uh, then we had Jordan Clarkson go and score 40 actual, yeah. uh, 45 fantasy points, 40 actual, because Clarkson decided 
Uh, he was only scoring this game. Uh, wasn't going to do much else. But if Conley is ruled out, you know, Ray, how do you feel about, you know, chasing some of these top performances out of these mid-tier guys? Yeah, if Connolly is ruled out, then I think Mitchell is probably my top shooting guard play, especially mm-hmm. based on both the price and then the usage that you could expect. Yep. I mean, even still, I would potentially lean Mitchell over over Beal, Beal and Levine, but out of those two, top two guys, I like Levine. But Clarkson's very interesting to me because it seems like he's going to play in that like, 25, 30-minute range, range of night, no matter what, come off the bench. But like you said, literally all the dude does is score. Mm-hmm. So I mean that I mean granted it's baked into his price, but you need you really need him to go off, and even still he scored forty points to get forty five point five Fanduel points. So it does limit his upside some, but but depending on the type of lineup you're playing, he could fit in there very well at that price. Yeah, he's gone for forty uh, fantasy points twice now on DraftKings over the last three, but he's up to sixty five hundred dollars over on DraftKings. So. Uh, a really big uh, price bump there. Um, other guys that I like in this area, you know, I'm, I've been touting Anthony Edwards now for, I don't know, probably a month, James, at this <laughs> point. Uh, basically, since he moved into the starting lineup, I, I, I thought this was Minnesota, uh, you know, knowing they're not here to win basketball games and they're going to give him a chance to develop and score. And, he, you know, he's taking a bunch of shots. He's making a lot of shots. We're seeing the rebounding come through. And now we know DeAndre Russell's out for an extended period of time. Um, even on a back-to-back here, I still think Anthony Edwards at 6K uh, is in a good spot. I like Josh Jackson coming off the bench um, for Detroit here. You know, I know 21 minutes the other day against the Pelicans, but scored 21 actual uh, in that game and has been pretty consistent uh, scoring. And then another guy that I've been a big fan of uh, has been Gary Trent, um, someone that, again, has just been very consistent with his production um, you know, against Dallas, he only scored, but that's more of a rarity. You know, generally, while well, he's been on the floor this year starting, he's giving you some rebounds, he's giving you some assists. Uh, so the rare 17, 1, and 0 game uh, doesn't, you know, turn its head too often here. So for me in the mid-tier, that's, that's generally where I've been I've been leaning. Um, James, any value kind of jumping out to you at shooting guard? can't believe you're just skipping over my main Six man like Lou will like. Well, that, I was going to let you talk about him if you wanted to. I mean, oh I guess technically gosh. now that I have the news of of George being out and quite questionable, Lou Williams against Utah. I guess it's in play. I guess that's fine. Sixty seven hundred on Fanduel though. You know the price. It's not as cheap as he was. I mean, sure, but look at how bad he, his first half was against Miami, and he still ends up taking twenty shots. He still ends up with a double double um, and thirty eight DraftKings points. Uh, and and. Is that Utah? Is that Utah stalwart defense still the same? I and mean, we just saw Ben Simmons go for forty, and on the same night, Tobias went for thirty plus. So I don't know if that's the same defense, especially with Jordan Clarkson playing thirty plus minutes. Um, awesome. So, well, what if what if uh, what if Conley plays? Does that change it for you? Uh, probably. <laughs> well, just if, you know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's viable. It, you know, um, I think if we're talking value. I mean, I'm going to go to my boy Garrett Temple, who, let's face it, continues to be really good, um, continues to play heavy minutes. 39, I know it was an an overtime game in Indiana, but 39 minutes. He was in every winning lineup the other night at uh, $4,300 on on FanDuel with two steals and a block and no turnovers. Like, just what a a boost. So I would go Garrett Temple in the value. Um, And then the Houston guys, right? We just... We have to. If if David Nawaba ends up starting again, um, I was gonna say, do you trust David Nawaba there? I mean, 
I don't, but he's going to play 40 minutes. I mean, right, he's going to stumble into 20 fantasy points. So uh, I think we would be... I, I think it would be bad business to not suggest Nawaba if uh, Gordon and Oladipo were to sit. What about you, Ray? Do you, do you, are you uh, riding the David Nawaba train? I am not. I'm going to ride the Houston train, but I'm going <laughs> to... But, I mean, to me, Sterling Brown is 900 bucks less. And play seems to be playing about 25 minutes a game. Granted, he's coming off the bench and Nawaba is starting, but, again... He seems like he can get you about 20 or so fan, fan dual points a night there, come close to double figures and steals, grab some rebounds, chip in a few assists. So, I mean, so Nuaba being in the starting lineup, at first glance, I would be like, all right, initially I'm going to go there. But if I can get 25 minutes out of Brown, maybe similar upside, save 900 bucks, I'm going to look at him. And another direction I might take if I really want to save money at shooting guard is go go to Cam Reddish, who has been playing a lot lately for Atlanta, and he's starting to show a li- he's starting to show some stuff offensively. He had 16 points the other night against the Knicks in 35 minutes, 18 points a game before that. So at 4,500 bucks there, and I, I'm getting close to 30 minutes a game from him. Right. I mean, may- maybe this is the night that you say, "Screw it, I'm just going to punt shooting guard altogether in a GPP." And go with somebody like Reddish and Brown, and then, you know, max out point guard or something else. Yeah, if everybody's ruled out again, Terrence Mann did play thirty six minutes. Yep. I mean, hey, there's a lot of value here. Um, not a lot of great, val- or at least not a lot of guys that we want to, uh, you know, trust. But you know, again, Mann seeing that type of production, if all those guys are out on FanDuel four K, I think Canard uh, as well. Canard as well. In yeah, the same yeah. in the same played thirty yeah. minutes. Right, a lot of minutes there. Uh, you know, the Clippers value could, you know, certainly be very much in play on this ten gamer. Uh, at small forward, you know, I was big on Jimmy Butler yesterday. Fortunately, made a, a pivot once all the news came out and, and went off of him. Sadly, to my own mistake, uh, sixty-two fantasy points out of Jimmy Butler, thirty ten and ten against the Clips. Uh, Ninety-four hundred dollars now, though, over on Fanduel. Uh, DraftKings, we see Jimmy Butler priced up at $8,800. You know, does that price scare you at all, Ray? Paying 94 for Jimmy Buckets? Or, you know, is he just playing at a level right now where you're comfortable with that? Two triple-doubles in his last three games for me. It's a hefty price for Butler, but I'm not going to be scared off by that upside. 54.6, 51. I done with 38, and then the 62 FanDuel points in his last game against the Clippers. Um... Especially if I'm in a pundit shooting guard, I'll I'll look towards Butler and be happy about it. Yeah, I agree with James. Uh, James what do you think, Butler? And you know, kind of you know, run us down maybe the rest of this top, you know, this top tier at small forward. I mean, yeah, there's no denying what Jimmy Butler is doing right now. Three of four with either double or triple double, um, fifty six or more DraftKings points in those three double or triple doubles. Uh, it's not the greatest matchup, I think. Golden State has pretty good length on the wing with Wiggins and Oubre, but it really doesn't matter right now. Butler has been essentially matchup proof, uh, just running the point with Goran Dragic off the floor. I mean, Kendrick Nunn may be on the floor, but he's not a point guard. So um, I do think Butler is fine. I think Ingram, it's like I, I just don't want to pay 8400 for Brandon Ingram personally. 
I'd rather go down the list a little bit more and 7,900 for Jalen Brown, who is actually ha- has some assists tonight, John. I know you're you're probably proud wow. of Jalen Brown. How many, how many assists um, does Jalen Brown have? Jalen Brown is currently up to five on wow. the evening. So, you know, he's... Uh, five more than he had the last three games. Yeah, yeah, he's he's that's good. Yeah, uh, Jalen Brown's 84 on FanDuel. Ingram is 82. Um, you know, that the pricing there is, is probably a little bit too on the nose for me. Not not a ton of room for for upside. Maybe more upside for Ingram, uh, potentially because he does do a little bit more generally. Um, but for I, I would even just jump right down. I mean, Jeremy Grant at seventy two. Yeah, that's that's where I was going next for sure. Yeah, and I, and I know Sadiq Bay has has been playing phenomenally, and therefore Grant's production the last three games hasn't cracked thirty fantasy points. Um, but I, I still feel like we're getting a little bit too low here with him against Chicago. Yeah. I mean, we've said continuously there's no reason for Jeremy Grant to ever be under $8,000, at least this version of Jeremy Grant, the the Detroit version. Um, Yes, he shot poorly the last three games, but we saw this earlier in the year where he was shooting poorly, and then he strung together like 10 straight 40-plus fantasy point games, and we're literally looking for like 37 at 7,600 on DraftKings. Um, Yeah, it's a smash spot. It's a smash spot, and... I don't love the rest of the position. Um, I think there's some inch. Obviously, Houston is a, is very interesting, and you already mentioned Sadiq Bay. Is I was gonna say, is there any way getting? Uh, is there a way of getting away from Sadiq Bay at fifty eight hundred on uh, draft handle, fifty five hundred dollars over on DraftKings? I mean, yeah, because he's been efficient. He hasn't really like been outstanding with volume. You know, like we're not getting 16, 17 shots. We're just being, he's being extremely efficient. Um, so I think there is a way off Sadiq Bay. I definitely think he's firmly in play, but I don't, I'm not personally at 55, 58, like all in on Sadiq Bay. Right. Well, what, what can we, what can we expect here out of RJ Barrett? You know, this is a guy that James and I were super high on. Coming into the year, we loved that Tibbs was the coach. He was going to get all of these minutes. And then all of a sudden, the minutes disappeared from him over the previous four games. Atlanta matchup comes in, and he plays 32, and he gives you 35. So are we to trust now that he's back maybe in the good graces of Tibbs, and we're going to see 32, 33, 34 minutes again? Or are you a little bit worried that prior to that, he had played 19, 26, 25, and 22 you know, the Knicks here with the, with the good matchup against Orlando at 5,400. Barrett, to me, is appealing if we're going to get what we just got out of him. I think we're going to get that because, I mean, beginning of the season, yeah, it was great. He was getting all those minutes, but I think it ultimately proved to be too many minutes. And then Tibbs overcorrected down the other way. It started to show in his performance, especially that Miami game, where he scored three points in 19 minutes. So, last game against Atlanta, I think that might be a look into the future. That was the first game where they went with their new shiny late-game lineup with Rose, Quigley, and Barrett all out there on the floor together. So, I'm thinking that might be a sign of things to come. And if we see that again Wednesday at 5,400, Barrett's going to be in a great spot. I mean, 21 points, six rebounds, three assists, it's not necessarily that outland is to expect it from him and we're also seeing it from him in the beginning of the season too so and i think at the price it offers a nice compliment if you go him and butler at small forward something like that 
yeah, I, I, again, I, I wasn't a big fan of his coming into the year. I'm hoping that this is sort of, like you said, uh, a sign of things to come uh, there for sure. If we're looking sub 5K on FanDuel, you know, I, I played Justin Holiday the other day. I was a fan of his. I think if Doug McDermott is ruled out, I, I we can go back uh, to him there. Uh, Daniel House, we know, of course, uh, came through. You mentioned already, James, you know, all the Houston guys, all the Houston value. He played 35 minutes against the Wizards now. Uh, you know, tougher spot for him against Philadelphia, sure, but uh, just knowing he's going to be on the floor. And we were playing this guy last year mm-hmm. when he had to share the court with Westbrook and Harden, and he was being productive. So I think House is perfectly fine. And then uh, Danilo Gallinari against Boston. Uh, Gallinari has been playing really well outside of that blowout against San Antonio now. Uh, the minutes have been there. The production has been there. Uh, under 5K, I think that's probably where I'm taking a look at. Yeah, and I don't Yeah, I love Sorry, go ahead, Ray. Uh, I, I love Gallinari. I think his price really got depressed when he was injured, then came back and struggled. I was on him in the value vault the other day, and I think he came out and scored 20 points. That day, now he's still under 5K. So, uh, so Gallinari is definitely somewhere where I'm going to look. Yeah, I don't see anything else, honestly, below House and Gallo, at, at least at small forward. So like, you could take your shots on Josh Hart and – Possibly Dwayne Bacon if uh, Ennis is officially ruled out. He is questionable. So um, I, I like both those both those calls, John. Uh, a debate that we had the other day, James, on our pod was Sabonis or Randall. Uh, Randall absolutely Randall. smashed. Randall. Uh, 44 actual 65 fantasy points. Uh, you know, Sabonis, Sabonis gave you 52. It's not like he was uh, trash at all, but he just got absolutely uh, outplayed by Randall in the, those matchups. Well, once again, we're looking at price points. Randall, 9,500 on DraftKings, Sabonis, 97. On FanDuel, Sabonis, 97. Randall's 9K. You know, Sabonis has Minnesota. Randall has Orlando. And in between them on FanDuel, because position eligibility, Bam's got Golden State at 91. Tatum on a back-to-back against Atlanta's at 94. You know, James, you know, this top of those power forward spots, again, pretty loaded with some good matchups. Yeah. Do you, are you like worried about Tatum on a back to back with this talk about the, I don't the know. stamina not being there? I don't know. I don't, again, like he says that, but then he played 41 minutes against Detroit and he gave me 33, 11, and 7. So, like, is it really impacting him? How much is it impacting him? It is a back to back. So, that's a good point. Like, maybe that ends up being altered. Um, you know, 94, I don't think you need to go there. Obviously, on FanDuel, he's 87 on DraftKings. Um, I'm just lumping him in because he's in the group above 9K on FanDuel. I, I think he probably ranks fourth in that list for me. Yeah, um, I would probably lean Sabonis against Minnesota first and Randall, but it's not like a wide margin. It's more 1A, 1B. I think I'd lean Sabonis slightly over Randall, um, knowing how big a pace spot it is against Minnesota how concentrated Indiana's offense really is. Um, so I would lean Sabonis slightly over Randall, and I probably don't give much love to Tatum even if he does play. I don't think we need to go there um, with some guys below, and uh, especially with Sabonis and Randall on this slate. Yeah, I absolutely love Zion again. Um, 8,300, 8,200. I mean, that's 41 fantasy points for 5X. He, he basically gives us that in his sleep. It's just, you know, one of these games, he's going to put it all together. I know it's a back-to-back, but it's a back-to-back for both, and it's against Portland, a team that we've been attacking 
um, you know, in their front court, you know, with Cantor there, not a great defensive player, and you know, Covington more selling out, I think, at this point, and a better perimeter defender, not really Zion's game too much. So, you know, after that group, you know, for me, uh, Zion fits in there pretty well. But if you want to break the AK barrier, uh, Ray, he, we have John Collins against Boston, $7,100, uh, you know, really playing well lately as well. And then Draymond Green. Now, he's going to be matched up against Bam, so maybe that's something to take into consideration. But, I mean, the assist numbers, the last six games for Draymond Green, 15, 15, 10, 11, 11, 8, and 16 for a guy that's basically playing center. You know, how are you feeling about this next tier of power forwards? Yeah, Green's definitely somebody that's interesting. And those assists are just wild right now. They were getting from him, and it doesn't matter that he's only scoring like six or seven points a game. Bam scare, scares me a little bit as far as going against Green on the defensive end, but as also looking at Tobias Harris, he barely cracks the 8K market at 7,900. I mean, this is really just another excuse if you want to attack Houston, but Emily going to be back then. I don't think we can expect 36 points from Harris again. I do like Zion, not to step on. You toast and steal your thunder. I do like Zion against Portland there, there as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, James, any guys, I guess, below any value power forward jumping out to you? Uh, future Celtic John Collins is uh, 6,900 on DraftKings, John. If I don't like to know that. Um, Rui Hachimura was, was pretty good uh, all across the board the other day. I love to see 37 minutes as well. I know the usage hasn't been there, but. Um, the rebounds are turning up. The steals have been turning up. Uh, he's a good scorer, too. Uh, I think Rui's okay. Jay Sean Tate, we know, is firmly in play. Um, when, it comes, when it comes to value, um, yeah, the GOAT, uh, Marcus Morris, who is uh, coming off. I, you know, it's so funny that he only played 26 minutes in that game, too. Like, they just they don't want to extend him past 26 minutes, no matter whether he's scoring 32 actual points or 10 actual points, like Marcus Morris is just going to play 26 minutes. So um, no Nicholas Batum. We should see Morris slide into the starting lineup again. Definitely a tougher matchup against Royce O'Neal. Um, and or, I mean, I guess if it's if it's Boyan, it's not a tough matchup. But, it, you know, it likely would be Royce O'Neal. So it's, it's not, the, you know, a cakewalk. So definitely have to factor that in a little bit um i do love your draymond call jermichael green is is crapping the bed this evening but if Millsap were to sit out again i would go back to the well against washington yeah someone that could also be interesting as a power forward on FanDuel, uh with oklahoma playing uh on a back-to-back here if al horford sits out isaiah roby's 4700 on FanDuel. um you know that's going to be a guy that's going to start again yep. Um, we think he should start again, right? Like they know they're yeah, playing Jackson would. and Kendrick, but Roby's 4K on Fanduel. I mean, sorry, 49, 47 on Fanduel. He is 4K on DraftKings, where he's power forward, center eligible. So um, that's something to watch again. Horford, uh, he, I think he's played a back to back at this point, but you know, earlier on in the year he was sitting them. So um, you know, something to at least pay attention to. Uh, let's move on to center. Let's wrap this up here. If Joel Embiid plays. You know, Ray, is he your guy against Houston, or do you play Nikola Jokic against Washington? Jokic, actually cheaper than Embiid on this slate, despite the fact that I think he's been maybe the best center in the NBA this year. Only on FanDuel. 
That's that's uh, he's Jokic is more expensive on DraftKings. Well, that's where it sh- that's how it should be. <laughs> he's he is two hundred dollars <laughs> cheaper on FanDuel. He is two hundred dollars more expensive on DraftKings. I am going to bolt save and spend the extra two hundred bucks, <laughs> <laughs> regardless on the site. And I think I'm going to mark Jokic down and pen no matter what. I I just I have a hard time going into a slate and not necessarily playing him. I mean. If you look down, you have Nikola Vucevic at 9,700 on FanDuel, but it's one of those situations where your next do not defend centers at all. No, none. But 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 it's just one of those things that Jokic has that upside and that ability that I don't want to necessarily get too cute and psych myself out and Mm -hmm. go away from him. Yeah, on a slate where there's like not Giannis or Luca that can like maybe match him. You know, I am I am a hundred percent with you on that. Like he by far it has the highest ceiling, I, I think, of anybody on the slate. And, and not to take anything away from like a Steph Curry or a, a Joel Embiid, guys we've seen have you know seventy fantasy point outings this season. I think just more consistently. I mean, JoJo had an eighty-four fantasy point game against Miami. Yep. Uh, you know, Joker has just been more consistent with it. And I have been an all-world Nikola Jokic hater basically until this season. Um, So I'm 100% uh, in agreement with you uh, on that one for sure. Uh, Vucevic, though, is in a great spot if you don't have the money for whatever reason to spend out again. Knicks against centers has just been a hammer play um, pretty much all season long for us and nothing to take away from the way Vucevic's been playing. You know, we had 60 fantasy points uh, the game, uh, two two of the last four uh, here. James, question, though, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is ninety three hundred on FanDuel. Towns is ninety three hundred dollars on DraftKings. He's playing over thirty minutes. Like, do we ever get a peak Towns game? And you know, ninety three hundred. You know, is he is he an easy pass for you? I mean, I, I just I don't know if we need to do it. Like, uh, at least right now, until he gives us last year's per- version. You know, um, I would rather find the extra money to get to Vucevic. I would rather find the extra money to get to Embiid or Jokic. Uh, I'd rather spend down on Bam Adebayo on DraftKings. I'd rather go to Gobert against the Clippers front court that has no chance or Capella against, I mean, look what Jokic is doing against Boston. Look what Capella, I mean. Capella at 8K for me is, uh, is going to be one of my favorites. 7,500 on DraftKings. Like that's just, too it's just too hard to pass up on and towns is giving like what has been different between capella and towns production there, nothing and and towns is almost two thousand dollars more expensive so um i will be passing on carl anthony towns and if i lose to carl anthony towns in a 10 game slate um so be it yeah i'm with you on that uh ray if we're looking in this middle tier um you know, we, we have Jonas Valanciunas against the Thunder. They could be without, again, it's possible that Al Horford sits here. Um, I'm going to see if when the, their last back-to-back if be suited up. Well, John, I remember the last back-to-back they played. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. They, I'm pretty sure they didn't have anybody. I'm pretty sure it was COVID, COVID times, and he had to play. No, he didn't, he actually. Eight- February 6th, he sat out. Now, mm, I don't know if that was the game or not, but... February 5th, he played 29 minutes. February 6th, he sat out. That's the last back-to-back on their schedule. So uh, I, I swear there was a back-to-back in that COVID when they were, you know, 
hurt by everyone with COVID yeah. um, that he had to play. <laughs> But maybe uh, was he an active but didn't play type of situation? Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong and maybe I, yeah, I just so I, I'm looking now. I don't see him playing any okay. of the back to backs on the schedule. It's only been a couple. Um, he was out for an extended period of time there due to the birth of his daughter. But since he's come back, it looks like the only back to back that they had an opportunity to play, he sat. So Valanciunas against you know Isaiah Roby to me I think is is a good spot. Uh, Plumley against Chicago. Plumley came back 43 fantasy points against New Orleans in 33 minutes. He had a triple double uh, in that game. And then Miles Turner against Minnesota. Uh, Ray, you know, if we're looking in this middle tier here, uh, does any of these names jump out to you more than the other? I mean, I like Valanciunas and Plumley. I think one of those two guys, I think if I'm not playing Jokic, I'm going one of these two. <laughs> I mean, I'll be going against Oklahoma City with no Horford is very enticing, but also seeing what Plumlee's done in the last three games that he's played with now Blake Griffin sitting, that's also pretty enticing too. You save a few hundred bucks there. So I, I think Valentunas is still the better play for me, but you can't go wrong with either one. Like if it comes down to fitting in the rest of your roster and a budget thing, I'm fine going with whatever one fits. Do either of you have any idea why DeMarcus Cousins just only plays 20 minutes now? Uh, we, we have tried to figure that out for four slates now, John. I maybe Ray, maybe Ray has a better, a better understanding because we sure don't. It might be written into his contract. Maybe it's like a per, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's like a per minute thing. Yeah, I, I have. I, I am just dumbfounded because <laughs> <laughs> he played the thirty-five minutes with Wood out before then. Uh, he started this whole runoff of, of starting playing thirty minutes and then. Yeah, 24, 22, 24, 21, 20. So uh, frustrating that we can't, I just can't go to Cousins at 6K anymore. I just can't do it. Yep. Um, you know, matchup against Philadelphia, you know, two top centers potentially. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing there for me there. Uh, I don't even really like the value. Um, Nerlens would probably yeah, be Nerlens, the only. I guess is okay. He's a power forward on FanDuel. Of course, we got the wrong Zubac day, James, right? We we tout the hell out of him. He plays 14 <laughs> minutes. We talk about Ibaka. And, and you were kind of right on this. You called Ibaka on the back-to-back. You were a little bit worried about it. And then Zubac plays 28 minutes and goes ham. Anytime he plays over 20 minutes, the guy goes <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you think because it's not a back-to-back that Ibaka is a better option? It's Gobert. Do you just fade the whole situation? Probably fade the whole situation. I mean, I guess I would have more interest in Ibaka um, knowing it's at least not the second leg of a back-to-back. Um, but, yeah, i probably just fade the situation in general. I, I think, honestly, on DraftKings, I don't—I'm kind of with you, John. Like, I, Miles Turner, 6,300, that's honestly probably as far down as I'd go uh, because I don't— necessarily see any what's, what's kelly any, o over on, on i guess so that's intriguing he's 49 but like he's 45 on DraftKings. i know he only played 14 minutes, minutes. yeah uh, i don't know why he played 14 minutes they're kind of an anomaly situation i know basically tyler hero they just went guard heavy basically and played bam at the five but i don't know I, i'm gonna believe that that's not what's gonna continue so at 4500 probably again not on fanduel on DraftKings, maybe Kelly Olenek fits in as a power forward better. 
but there's some mild intrigue for me there. Um, Ray, any any value guys maybe jump out to you or anybody that you like uh, at center that we haven't discussed yet? I mean, center, I think, is really one of those three guys that we talked about. DraftKings, maybe like a Kelly O at the price or an Ibaka I was looking at, even a power forward on FanDuel, just with those guys out, banged up. They At the at the price in the production, even if he doesn't ha- necessarily have the upside of others, I think he's a solid play. Yep, I, I agree 100% with you guys there. Um, but that does wrap up our first look here. Um, you know, we'll have a full day's slate worth of content out. Um, you know, playbook, value vault, the live stream, the starting five video, fast break. Of course, we'll be in chat answering questions for you guys. You can get us on Twitter. Uh, Ray, why don't you give everybody your Twitter handle? Yeah, it is right underscore Qune underscore 28. Yep, so of course, we tweet that out with all of his content. And if you haven't given him a follow yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, make sure you go do that and get all the great stuff. Out of Ray, of course, you know where to find James and I at jampemba777 for me at the underscore real underscore grande uh, for James. But for now, we will catch you guys later.